part two of correspondent Norm Holy's conversation with mammologist Brad Westridge about nocturnal animals. Today, they discuss the fascinating but often elusive flying squirrel. Westridge is the non-game mammals expert at the Indiana Department of Natural Resources. I'd like to switch to the flying squirrels since you mentioned them. Mm-hmm. Are the flying squirrels in this region the southern flying squirrel or the northern? The flying squirrels in this region would be the southern flying squirrel. Uh, although up in northern Indiana, you may have pockets of the northern flying squirrel uh, here and there. Uh, the southern flying squirrel just happens to be a better resource gatherer than the northern species. Uh, so they can typically outcompete the northern species wherever uh, they overlap. Um, the southern flying squirrels, it's, it's relatively small. They're on the order of six to nine inches long. Uh, the northern flying squirrel uh, can be a little bit larger, up to 13 inches long, and significantly heavier than the southern flying squirrel as well. So the northern would require a lot more resources for one individual, and you can have multiple southern flying squirrels harvesting all those resources before the northern one could get to them. So typically in Indiana, you'll find a southern flying squirrel. And you can tell the difference between the two, not only by size, but also the southern flying squirrel has a very creamy white-colored fur on their belly and under their chin, whereas the northern flying squirrel would have more of a grayish white on that underside. And these animals are, are fascinating. I've had the opportunity to to hold them while I was doing some bat trapping, since they are nocturnal, and while I was out there mist netting for bats. And a mist net is a a very, very fine net that you'd put up, almost like if you imagine a uh, a tennis net that would be across a tennis court, but on the order of a fishing line instead of the, the mesh that you'd have on a tennis net. So it's extremely fine, and that's how we catch bats. And so I was out catching bats one day, and uh, almost every time we went to the net, we had a flying squirrel that had also gotten in the net along with these bats. So they're utilizing these same open forest environments to glide between trees, and and they're just a a beautiful animal. They have extremely large eyes to take in as much light as they can so they can see where they're gliding to, and they can also hunt for various uh, plant species, uh, nuts, as I mentioned, fungus, as well as other animals such as uh, nestling birds, other small mammals like mice. So they have large eyes, they have large ears for listening. It's been documented that they communicate, they're very social. So they'll communicate to other flying squirrels if there's a predator in the area. They'll use a series of high-pitched squeals and chattering to talk to each other, and there's even documentation of them being able to communicate ultrasonically, so sort of on the frequency that bats can communicate. They can give alarms to each other that way to indicate, you know, whether there's danger or or to just communicate whichever social messages they may spread to one another, especially during the mating season. Uh, but these animals are truly amazing that they, they can glide. They're not true flyers like bats, but they glide. And to do this, they have this skin membrane, which attaches from their ankles all the way down to their, to their wrists, I should say, so from the wrists to their ankles. And whenever they spread their arms and legs out, This membrane tightens up, and it creates this gliding surface that they can use to fly from one tree to another. And they've been able to document uh, how well they can do this gliding. And for every vertical foot they drop, a flying squirrel can glide for three feet. So if an animal were on top of a 100-foot tree, they could potentially glide the length of a football field to the ground. 
and they have amazing control while they're flying as well. They have a very long tail, which is flattened from top to bottom, so it's furred and flattened, which gives it a long paddle-like appearance. And using this paddle, they can use it as a brake while they're gliding. So as they're approaching a tree, they don't fly into it really hard because they can put that tail down to stop a lot of that airflow. And that renders their, their motion essentially at zero uh, kilometers per second. And they're able to grab onto the tree without really slamming into it too hard. They're also able to use that rudder-like tail to just turn it slightly from left to right. And that can control the direction of their glide so they can avoid most vines and brambles. They can, you know, curve around a tree to land on another one. They've even been documented, uh, you know, performing a complete 180 mid-glide to land on another tree to avoid predation or an object, which is pretty fascinating. What is their diet? So for a squirrel, these guys are surprisingly carnivorous. Most squirrels will typically eat, you know, nuts and plant material, sometimes fungi. And that's what the southern flying squirrel does eat. But they also have been documented eating uh, carrion, so dead animals in the forest, uh, whether it's a dead you know, bird or another mammal, they'll go ahead and eat that. They've been documented raiding nests of birds and not only eating eggs, but if there's young nestlings, they can eat those too. They also eat insects, so they're... Uh, pretty strong predators of the wood-boring insects. So you may have some insects that deposit eggs that have larvae that will burrow throughout tree species, which cause a lot of damage to trees. And it's a benefit to the tree to have this flying squirrel around that will then eat the adult version of that larva so that you have fewer of these wood-boring larvae getting throughout the, the forest system and damaging the trees. And one thing I didn't mention earlier is that this species of squirrel is a cavity nester. So typically you can find them uh, creating their homes in abandoned cavities that woodpeckers or other squirrels create. So they live within a tree, and they help protect the tree, essentially, from other wood-boring insects. Uh, they also form nests in uh, leaf clusters if there are no available cavities, so they'll uh, go out among the environment, gather a bunch of leaves and twigs, and actually form a very uh, compact and and warm nest that will keep them safe from, you know, wind, uh, extreme temperature fluctuations, and actually provide a safe habitat for them to raise their uh, very vulnerable young. Now, are they preyed upon by owls? They are preyed upon by owls, yep. They're even preyed upon by bobcats, as I mentioned, since they're nocturnal. Uh, you can even have uh, foxes and skunks preying on these animals since they do forage on the ground. And like the bobcat, they're very common throughout eastern North America. There's even subspecies of the southern flying squirrel that can be found throughout Mexico. And in those ranges, they're found to be uh, more habitat specialists. So you'll have populations that form a subspecies that live in mountainous areas or populations that form another subspecies that live in a more uh, arid lowland area. But here in uh, Indiana, you typically have this deciduous forest, and you can find southern flying squirrels throughout that area. They're relatively common, and our survey methods, as well as other researchers' methods, have indicated that these animals don't really face a, a large threat at the moment, so things like habitat destruction, things like that, that is a problem for the flying squirrel. 
but it's not to the point where we're seeing population declines. They're still increasing in population or stable in areas, uh, indicating to us that they are comfortable living around humans so we can cohabitate with these guys. Are there flying squirrels uh, in Bloomington? There are flying squirrels in Bloomington, yes, sir. Uh, I have I have personally caught them uh, in, I shouldn't say in Bloomington proper, but at least in the Morgan Row State Forest uh, and other neighboring uh, DNR properties around Bloomington. So I do know that they are around here. And hiking through the forest, you know, you see woodpecker cavities up in the trees. You may be looking at the home of a southern flying squirrel. I'd like to thank you very much for your comments. I've been speaking with Brad Westrich. He's the non-game mammal expert at the DNR. 